The Creeps Lounge contains adult language and content. Listener discretion is advised. It's Freaky Friday. Welcome back to the Creeps Lounge where we talk anything paranormal, unusual, cryptic, or true crime. If you don't know, I'm Crystal. And I'm Rick. Let's get freaky. And this is our second recording today. Yeah, we're tired, you guys. (laughs) We recorded this earlier around 5 because the kiddos were at their grandma's house hanging out. So we got some time to record it. We recorded it. And there were some mic issues. You guys... We were so proud of ourselves. Like, we got grandma to watch the kids. The baby was over there. The kiddos were over there. And we were all content just sitting here. It was daylight out still. We were like, oh my God, yes, we get to record during the day. We don't have to be all tired up till one in the morning recording. And then we heard the re- the whole episode and it was just not we were not able to use it so we were going to use it and then you know we were going to do some editing and then we just we decided not to and then um the mic that i was using earlier helped my breathing issue thing that i was going on with the whistling and then right now i couldn't get that going because you can you can't do something twice you just can't really do that yeah so i'm back to this one but it still should be okay that's a great mic though it picks up everything except for you don't like that it picks up your whistling you guys i just shaved my nose hairs <laughs> maybe that's what's causing it it's like shh, blowing your <laughs> nose hairs elegantly in the so whistle wind and rick is back at it again <laughs> oh my god we're exhausted we're delirious you guys we're but, delirious but we're here we're here for the freaky friday um today we decided that since the last, not this week, but the last week when we were doing the story on Weird Wednesday for the cult, Crystal's story wasn't shared and we really want to share that with you guys. And mm-hmm. so um, we also have some scary stories on top of that. Yeah, we have some scary stories from Ricky's sister and his his dad. So I'm excited to hear those and share those with you guys. Um Today's been a long day. It's been, oh my god, it was raining out super heavy. The kids have been busy with grandma. We were busy all day with the podcast. And then, you know, I've I've actually recently started making some clay jewelry. I'm really excited to share that with everybody. Um, so hopefully I'll get a lot of support on that as well. They're really nice. Like I'm They're very beautiful. impressed with what you're doing. <laughs> it's been a lot of trial and error and I don't want to start. Like I've been working on a lot of my logos and um, I've been playing with the clay and researching a whole bunch of ways to make this jewelry. So I'm not trying to push out jewelry just yet because I want to perfect like my craft but i'm excited to show you guys what i'm making i'm excited for everybody to see all of the beautiful jewelry that i'm about to make i'm so stoked 
So I'm going to enjoy this um, really hot monster because I didn't put it in the refrigerator. <laughs> Is so it, it hot? So it hurts my mouth when I drink it. Oh my god. But it's it's going down. So happy Cinco de Mayo, you guys. I'm not sure if any of you celebrate, go out for drinks or anything like that, but I do think it is definitely worth celebrating even here in America. Such a beautiful tradition and there's so much history there. I think that Ricky was actually surprised to learn some of the history today about Cinco de Mayo and um, I think a lot of Americans would be actually very surprised to learn the history as well. I think it's very, um, you know, just important for us to know our culture and the history of our motherland. But not only that, I think any person of color can appreciate El Cinco de Mayo because it's representatory of... Um, you know, uh, people fighting, people fighting back and, um, you know, against colonization and, you know, winning their territory back and just really standing up for their land. I think it's a very beautiful story. Basically, um, the Cinco de Mayo was the Battle of Puebla, Mexico. And if you guys didn't know, if Mexico had not defeated the French in Puebla, um, the French would have gone to the aid of the Confederate States in the U.S. during the Civil War because it was around that same time. So um, that could have really changed the history of America as well. And not just America, but in general, you know. The battle happened on May 5th in 1862. There were 8,000 French soldiers and they were very well equipped and there were only 4,000 poorly equipped Mexican soldiers. Just chanclas and fucking rakes, shovels. They were, they were very poorly equipped and I just find it to be so inspiring because after they won that ba that battle, that was the first time the French had been defeated in almost 50 years. So that just shows the pure determination to fight for your your freedom and your land and just your families. It's beautiful. So and for those of you that didn't know the history, I think it's worth knowing and it's worth celebrating even here because it definitely, his, many historians have said that it could have had a huge impact on our history here as well. It could have basically altered history. Yeah, it could have it. And they said it's very possible. Like who knows what it would have been, you know? I mean... A lot of things change throughout yeah. history, but still, it's 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 we it's can't very say interesting. we can't say for sure that oh it would have, but it like even historians have said that it's very possible that it could have changed the the course of like our history here. Yeah. So I just think that was a very beautiful thing, and I just wanted to um, really sit here and have a little moment to 
um, of appreciate today for what it was and just, you know, be proud of our culture. So if you're out drinking on the day of today, which will be yesterday for you guys listening. <laughs> um, yeah, we're recording on the Cinco de Mayo here at our home. You um, hope you guys have a good time, have a safe time. And I mean, most of you probably do know the history of it. I honestly didn't. I just remember, you know, Cinco de Mayo, there was like a little get together at the fucking at the track. It wasn't necessarily anything humongous. And every year I noticed it got smaller and smaller. And then now I don't even know if they do anything anymore. But they used to do. I remember they used to, they the used to always do something. And they used to do it at the park. Yeah, and I don't then, think. And they would have people dancing and yeah. just. I think have I think they do something vendors in and. I think Walla they do, but I don't know about here. We didn't really have time to go out today, and then it was rainy, and it wasn't the nicest day out. So if anything did happen, if there were any events. Um, we would have missed them, but hopefully next year it is not so rainy. We will definitely be going out and checking out events. Maybe. Um, I would like to. I would really like to go and check them out. Um, but, yeah, uh, Ricky and I should. Next year, we're actually planning to visit the motherland, Mexico, um, for a trip that we're planning we're really excited about that. I'm hoping to um, visit my my where my father was born and grew up in Guanajuato, Mexico, and that's where they have all like many mummies there. They have a museum of mummies that they found there, and he was actually born in a town in Guanajuato called Alcambaro. And um, in that town, they found, I think it was 33,000 figurines that resembled dragons and different kinds of creatures. And it still boggles people today what time period they're from, but it shows that there could be a history of different creatures yeah that roamed the earth or dinosaurs or like depending on when and wh- when, when they were yeah there there's people that say that they are not that old and then there's people that say that they are but either way it's really interesting because there were thousands of them thousands of them yeah so hopefully and they're we, all different if we do end up well i mean you know we are going to be going i think it's going to be for like two weeks we're going to go and we were planning on going um, to a few different areas. Maybe I'll see, mm-hmm. depending on the timing and the wallet. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can also go to the area that I'm from. Mm-hmm. But I know it's going to be hours and hours ago. We're going to have to go on plane and plane. And I've never been on a plane, so I'm not that excited. The only time I, I've ever been flown anywhere was when I was life flighted that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I, I've never been on a plane. And I haven't been to Mexico since I was seven. So it's been a very, very long time. Well, it's definitely more comfortable than being life flighted. Um, I've been on a plane when I, I was know, little. I think the, the, the only... people in there were making me very comfortable. They were chilling. They were funny. Keeping me, like, make sure I wasn't, like, scared or yeah. anything. You know, they gave me some nausea medicine. <laughs> like, I don't think... The... I'm sure they have that available <clears throat> on airplanes. But the only thing I, I find really uncomfortable about being in an airplane is, like, the symptoms that you get. Like, your ears get plugged and stuff. 
And I remember after our trip to Texas, we took a plane when I was little and um, my I got an ear infection, a really bad one after that. And like my ears, like my, um, my eardrums were like a balloon. They Just were inflamed. like inflated with air. And it was so painful. I was, I remember laying on my mom's lap on the Greyhound bus. All the, We went on the Greyhound bus from Texas all the way home. Oh, that would suck. <laughs> it was awful. Like, uh, literally, I remember we that's had like a to. a day trip, isn't it? I, I don't know. It, it's across the country. Yeah, because from here, let's say from here, from here to Las Vegas, it's about 14 <laughs> to 16 hours. From here to L.A. to where your sister's from is like 18 hours mm-hmm. if you're speeding. So yeah, it was several days. I know that for it's sure. It's crazy. And then we were all little. We were all like. Your mom by herself with three. My mom you, was you were a what, single three? mom. At the time, I was like four. My sister was like three. And my eldest sister was like five. Man, that's a fucking mission. And I just remember my mom would stop at like bus stops. And like public restrooms and stuff and she would like wash us up in the in the restrooms like with the (laughs) in the sinks like that's how we would shower that's how truckers shower yeah that's how we would shower and i just remember we were so exhausted it was a traveling was it was awful i i i was crying on my mom's lap laying on my mom's lap sick super sick with a major ear infection the whole way from Texas to home. And yeah. I was just crying and crying because I just remember that pain was so bad. Yeah, that's fucking intense. Yeah. But it was a wonderful time. I got to see my grandma and that was the last time I saw her um, before she passed away many years later. So I'm glad that I actually was able to meet my grandma in person at least one time. Yeah, for sure. So today, like Rick mentioned, we will be telling my cult story that we did not get to tell on the previous um, Weird Wednesday because Ricky's cult story story was so long, we decided that we would save that one for another time. And I told him I got impatient. I really wanted to tell it because I did a lot of research on it and I wanted to share that with you all so i guess we will be sharing it today because we really don't know when we're gonna do another um episode on cults yeah because we, so. we got you know we're gonna be doing cryptic creatures we're gonna be doing maybe stuff on ufos we're gonna be uh, doing the bermuda triangle yeah. some someone so it's probably gonna be a while before we do cults and again. fyi you guys will hear crystal call me rick or ricky and we want to just establish that my real name is ricardo ricardo Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but people that don't really know me call me Ricardo. People that are really close to me call me Ricky. And my professional name is Rick. <laughs> so I stick with AKA Rick. AKA guys, call him Rick because you don't know him like that. <laughs> <laughs> I call him Ricky because he's my hubby and I know him like that. <laughs> it's, it mainly started because uh, there was a friend who told me that 
Ricky was a little kid's name. He's like, man, I'm going to start calling you Rick. And then I was like, all right, that's fine. And then your tío también. He was like, what's up, big Rick? He <laughs> call me that. I just have always known you as Ricky. You're Ricky to me. I, no, I met you as Ricky. To me, that's like your name. You're like. But people that I went to school with, like a lot of them. Uh, well, some of them call me Ricky, but a lot of them, the ones that are like more like high and by type thing or it's ricardo with them but yeah let's get back to your cult story <laughs> okay rick there you go, there you rick go. big rick big rick whistling rick big rick to you um but you guys the cult that i'm going to talk about got it starts when joseph smith found the later day saints movement Benjamin F. Johnson was one of his earliest followers. He followed the church's teachings and practiced polygamy. Um, have you guys noticed that a lot of cults I think every practice cult. polygamy? It's, I'm not saying that people who practice polygamy are evil or join in cults or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to say. I don't... I don't judge people off of what they practice or whatever. Yeah, but if you want to have, I'm, like, more than one wife or more than one husband, that's I on mean, you. I mean, so be it. Like, cool. Good for you. Like, you like different <laughs> options, you know, whatever. <laughs> it is, it is what, what it is. is. <laughs> but I was just saying is, like, I've noticed, like, when I was doing research on cults, many, many cults, people who were in them practiced polygamy or they had more than one spouse that is just one thing that i noticed and i found it really odd i was like why is why is that that's just weird to me it's just something that i, I it was a pattern that i noticed when i was researching colts having multiple wives it wasn't specific he had multiple wives and it wasn't specific on the number so i i wasn't really sure on how many wives he had at that time Eventually, the Church of Jesus Christ of Later Day Saints renounced polygamy. So they were like, yeah, we ain't cool with that no more, Johnny well, the, boy. Um, you mentioned Joseph Smith. So that's like the Mormon church, right? Like they're the ones that like he's the one that found. The, I think he's the one that supposedly found the scrolls or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, I see. And I, I, I until you told me this, I did not know that I guess they denounced it because I, I kid you not. I thought. I've always heard that Mormons are polygamists, and so I, I thought they still were. I didn't yeah. know that they denounced it. Yeah, in my research, that's what they said. They denounced it yeah. eventually. So Johnson and his family continued to practice polygamy. Um, then in 1924, Johnson's grandson, Alma Dayer Lebron Sr., moved his family to Mexico, where polygamists were not prosecuted by the government. So he was like, fuck it, we out of here, peace. We're going to go and live our polygamous lifestyle somewhere where, where we're, we're not wanted. being... Where we're okay with. We're <laughs> not being prosecuted. Um, guys, don't worry. The boring details are almost done. I just want to um, go over some details before I get into the nitty gritty of everything. I'm okay with those details because I need to know what the background is yeah. a little bit. I always like knowing all of the background before I get into at least, anything. Yeah, at least a little bit of it so we can know what we're, what we're doing, what we're getting into. Yeah, so in 1955, his son Joel founded the Church of Firstborn of the Fullness of Times. 
I don't know why the fuck the names of these groups tend to be so damn long, but they are. <laughs> Most of the time, they're extremely long. He named himself the president, and his brother, Erwell, became second in command with full authority, their third brother, Berlin, also having a high position in the church. So all three brothers were pretty much named first, second, and third in command. Um, their new settlement was known as Colonia Lebron. Tensions were rising between Joel and Ervil because Ervil's crazy ass wanted to adopt the former Mormon principle of blood atonement. This would mean that a sinner must be killed to have a place in heaven, so it required death penalty for actions deemed crimes by Ervil. He'd be no like, mommies. you sneezed wrong, so you gotta die. You gotta die so you can go to heaven, because you <laughs> fucked up. So he, it, it's not like you're gonna follow the Ten Commandments type thing, and if you sin, you're gonna die. It's like, if I think you sinned for whatever reason that I think, or whatever I think is a sin, you're gonna die for that. It's like, I, um... I'm okay. I'm going to go to hell. <laughs> I'm okay. I don't want to die right now. <laughs> I'd rather go to hell. <laughs> I know. It's like... But you got to remember that a lot of people that join these kind of cults were like severely brainwashed. They were too. They're like, they're... like the one that the one that you talked about last time where he was breaking ribs with clubs he and was shit. Fucking them up and they were still there. And they, <laughs> for eating too back? many pancakes. The and they back. would keep. Yeah, that's because they had mental health issues. And they I'm not saying that people with mental health issues join cults and do fucked up shit because obviously, you know, I have them, you know, that's not what I'm saying. But people who go back, there's something going on there. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure. They have some kind of thing happening that they need to get help for. Either way, Joel refused to allow the practice to happen. They also argued a lot about their second colony in Baja, California, where Ricardo is from. Yeah, I'm from Baja, California. Known as Los Molinos. So at this point, they have two colonies. There's a lot of tension because Ervil wants to adopt blood atonement. Joel doesn't. And then they're arguing about both of their colonies and how they want them to be run. See, this gives you an idea, and I don't want to bash on anyone that's religious or anything like that, but this gives you the kind of a gist of what's going on with religion, how one religion thinks it's better than the other, one of them is always right, the other one's always wrong, and that's why when it comes to, like, believing, if you believe in, if you, if you yourself truly believe in a higher power, in God, in gods, in whatever it is that you believe in, it's all up in your own faith, in my opinion. I really think that... The problem with religion is people wanting it to fit their agenda. For sure. And how they want it to work in their favor. Yeah. So a lot of the times, this is why people, a lot of the people, a lot of people don't trust Bible, the Bible, because they believe it has been, it has been tainted by man and altered because they believe that man altered the Bible by adding in or changing what they believe would fit their agenda. Well, at look the at time. how machista it was from the very, like the first testament. You know, it was very mm-hmm. like the woman does this, the woman, the woman, the man does this. And it's mm-hmm. like, 
you know, we're in different times now, obviously, but still, it kind of, that kind of gives it a clue, at least for me. You know, yeah. like I no, said, that's definitely. my own opinion it's on it. Definitely, there are things in there that have been twisted, like I said, to fit a person's agenda and how they want it to work for them. Anywho, let's get back to the story. <laughs> Eventually, this psycho-ass Erval began preaching against his brother, accusing him of crimes against their faith. It's like, um, how are you... Like, he's just making things up at this point. And he was also proclaiming that he was a true successor. So Erval began the church of the firstborn of the Lamb of God. Like I said, another long-ass name. Um, and named himself the president. So I know the backstory was a little winded, but it plays an important role in all of this. Some of Joel's followers switched up on him and ended up following Erval. So in 1972, the first victim of Erval's blood atonement policy was his brother Joel. This evil bastard went and assassinated his brother. He's like, fuck that. He sinned in my eyes. Going against me was a sin, so I'm going to get him assassinated. That's ridiculous. One of the killers, Daniel Ben Jordan, was arrested for the murder, but was released when witnesses were too scared to testify against him. And that just shows how much power Ervil and his little clan of cronies had. His cronies? Yeah, because <laughs> people were scared of them. Yeah. You know, these, they had colonies. They, they, they weren't just some little church or they had actual colonies of people that followed them. So a lot of his followers went and followed Ervil. Like the other killer. Yeah. <laughs> knew Click the follow. old school Instagram. The other killer, Gamiel Rios, remained free. Now, keep in mind, these were people that once followed Joel in the past. They went and fucking assassinated him. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Much to Earl's surprise, like any fucking typical narcissist, he was shook that Joel's followers... Shook to the core. <laughs> He was fucking shooketh that his followers didn't come flocking to him like master. Um, instead, they insisted and demanded justice for Joel. Oh, my God. How shocking. So he was eventually convicted of planning the murder, but freed a year later. While he was in prison, this guy continued to release pamphlets and books claiming to be the Mormon one and mighty strong. He was the one and mighty strong. You guys, it's me. It's me. I'm the one. He is a chosen I'm one. I'm the manager. So <laughs> while in jail, he's still releasing books. He's still releasing pamphlets for his followers. He is not letting up. He is still providing content. I mean, that that's that it right there. That's motivation. That's like those. This guy's uh, motivated. That's like jail TikTok. You know how the people in jail have a TikTok and shit and they're like, like providing content for jail. his followers. He's still providing content content. So he's claiming that he's a one and mighty strong and that he's God's representative on earth. He's rep he's repping God. 
God chose him to be his representative. He's like, I'm God's snitch. I'm I'm Randall from Rhesus. <laughs> he and he should and he not only that, God told him that he should decide who should die for their sins and who should not. And God be talking so. to so many cult leaders and he doesn't talk to us. I know, right? At the time, he was most interested in executing his brother, Verlan. That's the uh, one that was third in command. He's now obsessed with getting his ass assassinated. Assassinated. <laughs> assassinated? <laughs> Who Joel's followers had elected as their new leader after his assassination. Fearing for his life, Verlan went into hiding. December 26, 1974, Ervil's underage 13th wife, 13th wife y'all 13 how do you keep track of that his 13th like, hey, aren't wife you my wife no oh okay, i thought you were my wife <laughs> well you're my wife now so you're my wife that's now, how those wife. people work you're my i looked at you you're my wife his 13th wife rena and her two brothers raided los molinos they threw bombs at houses and shot at residents Damn. killing two young men and injuring 13 people since Verlan had just moved his families out of the colony to Nicaragua, they failed at his assassination. Erval was arrested for masterminding the raid, but released due to lack of evidence. This guy is just getting let go left and right. You, you're good. You're good. <laughs> the wife to the father of the of the two Erval's. The wife of father of. <laughs> The wife to the father of two of Ervil's wives is upset over the increased violence and threatens to go to the police. She is then taken into the desert by one of Ervil's wives and killed, never to be heard from again. Ervil moved part of his family to San Diego, where he wrote letters and visited many polygamous leaders, threatening to kill them if they did not switch their allegiance to his church. Robert Simmons, a leader of a small polygamous group in Utah, denounced him after learning Ervil wanted to marry one of his wives. Like, Ervil, boy, you got enough wives. At this point, he has like over 13 he's like, wives. I need more women. Like, like I said, he looks at a woman, he's like, you're my wife now. And he's over here like trying to push religion and the church onto someone. And it's like, come join our church. We're so badass. We're well, we're going to kill you. We're doing this. And it's like, no, no, I'm no. good. Well, I'm going to fucking kill you. At this point, he's threatening me. polygamous leaders to kill them. It's like, um, this reminds this me guy of is Hitler a freaking a way, without the religion part. <laughs> this guy's a savage. That's crazy. So at this point, this man is just in a, on a pure power trip killing spree in order ordering hits on anyone who doesn't agree with him or let him get his way he's like my way or the highway he is just like you don't want to work with me you don't want to be my wife your husband's gonna die now that's how he worked pretty much um <clears throat> he was a mafioso man that's what he was yeah pretty that's that's what it was it was a cult that same year, one of his followers, who Herbal was already butthurt with for some petty ass shit and a little bit of background, he was butthurt because this guy sold a boat and didn't give all of his money to him 
after selling his boat. For the church. For the church. Quote, unquote. So he was pissed off at this guy for selling his boat and not giving Ervil the money. How fucking crazy is that? Like, you Churches didn't give me your fucking money? money. Like, remember when I told you that the one guy from work, when I was used to wait, working at the packing house, he offered me to go to his church, you know, his Christian church, and I was like, all right, maybe, you know. And he would talk to me about church all the time. And then one day, the, the conversation came up of, of giving money to the church. Mm-hmm. And um, he told me that he gives 10% of his check. And I was like, that's a lot. I was like, you got a thousand, that's a hundred bucks. Every, every paycheck. And he's like, well, yeah, he's like, you need to give so, you, you know, you get it back or whatever. And I was like, okay, I understand about giving it, but the pastor or whoever the fuck's in charge expects you. And you've been to one of the churches we went to where they were, like, oh, yeah. upset that they didn't make enough money that year. Remember? They're yeah. Like, we, we could have done better. We didn't do enough. And it's like, yeah. dude, like, we're barely eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't give you any more money. You guys, we literally went... And I kid you not. I don't know if you mentioned this in the past episode. You guys, I'm going to fucking put this on blast because I was shocked when this happened. We went to Life Church. Yes, Life Church. I'm saying the name. In Walla Walla. And I, I never really went back after this because they said a couple of things that I did not agree with. Yeah, we were like, oh, this is not us. And we just <laughs> didn't go back. First of all, they said it was sinful if you didn't congregate and go to church with people because that's not how God wanted you to live your life. So, like, if you're somebody who is antisocial and you get anxiety, social anxiety, they didn't say it like this. They just said it was we just, sinful. We, we interpreted so it. So if if you're somebody who is antisocial, you don't go to church because you have social anxiety. But you believe in God and you have And faith. you have your own faith that it's sinful if you're not going and congregating at church because that's what God wants you to do. And I just think that was a form of gaslighting because there are people who struggle with their mental health and they should not be expected or gaslighted to go to church or forced. or attend your service. I think that's really shitty and that's a really shitty way to try to get people to go to church. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a narcissistic fucking um mentally abusive tactic in my eyes yeah and then so we was like no and then after he literally said he literally said that and you guys i can't make this shit up and i'm not just talking shit because that's not who i am i just i honestly don't like the way things work like that and i i don't agree with it and i'm not okay with gaslighting i'm just like the hugest advocate for people i'm the hugest advocate for people's mental health and i'm just not down with that um they also said that you should always give to the church and like they were talking about how even if it's your last dollar in oh your yeah pocket, they said even if it's your last dollar give it to the church yeah they're like you're gonna get that back in return tenfold yeah they were just basically telling you to give you give your last dollar to the church because you would get it back. And that dude tenfold. that was running it was like, And it's like, how can you... such a nice car. I have a nice How house. can you, how can you like... And this is, this is in the time where me and Ricky were really struggling with money financially. Like I was selling my video games he to was, my diapers. He, we were literally like, sometimes our power would get shut off. We were really struggling. We were just starting back up on our feet. Like we've come Two such a long way. It was, it was rough. And so we were trying to do things the right. We thought we that have, going to church was going to... Just kind of like, you know, ease ease up on us and just trying to and do make us right. feel better about ourselves and, it did, and it help. 
<laughs> it was like we were going because we wanted to feel better about ourselves. We wanted to have faith and just know that whatever we were going through, we were we could be comforted through it. We were just going through a really hard time in life, you know. We just started from the very bottom. We had two babies that were not even a year apart. They were both in diapers. We would sell things to buy diapers like literally it was a hard time for us and we have this guy up there (laughs) and we have this guy up here preaching how we should give our last dollar what if we were those kind of people that listened and we gave our last dollar to the church and we literally didn't have money to put food on the table for our kids and we had to rely on the fact that this guy is telling us the money's going to come rich back guy is taking our last fucking dollar that this guy is telling us that our money is going to come back to us like how can you i have faith in god i believe in god and i trust in god i have my own relationship with god and i don't need anybody telling me what i should do and what anybody should do to be closer to god You know, like, I just don't think that's right. I think we all have our own relationship with God. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to have a relationship with God. That's your own relationship. That's your your relationship. That's, yeah. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to have a relationship with anybody, you know, let alone your faith. So, yeah, that's why we don't attend church. I'm not anti-church. I just, I, you're going to have a really hard time having me stay at a church because i am just that i'm so fucking i i have my own thought process like i don't let people think for me i am so fucking free from any kind of chains nothing holds me down like i if there's something like i i see a red flag i'm not gonna fucking paint buy into that i believe we're getting sidetracked Yes, we are. (laughs) Um, But so what I began to notice at this point is that this man, like a lot of cult leaders, is that he will not do his own dirty work. He has his cronies, all of his ladies, his wives, not just his cronies. The fucked up thing is it's his wives. He has all of his wives doing the dirty work for him. And not only that, a lot of his wives that are doing the dirty work are his underage wives. Because you know no fucking mature woman ain't going to be like, no, I'm going to go fucking shoot these. He's going to talk to a gullible girl that he has been grooming probably since childhood. Most likely. To go and fucking shoot up these people. So his wife was later convicted of his murder and sentenced to prison. But... Ervil reassured her that it was not in vain because committing this murder, she had secured her place in heaven. Uh, pretty sure that's not how heaven works, Ervil. <laughs> Orville Redenbacher? Yeah, so um, I'm sure that's not how heaven works, but okay, she was comforted by that. She was comforted and she was happy getting that prison prison sentence after 
She's like, hell yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go I'm to fucking good. heaven. Those words are going to hold me over for the rest like, of my this life. This man will not fucking lie to me. <laughs> He's my husband. He won't lie. He would never lie. No. In 1977, he ordered the death of his pregnant teenage daughter, Rebecca. <laughs> oh, my God. Wife of Mark Shimoneth. I'm sorry, you guys, if I mispronounce anything. Because she was angry that he was, she was separated from her toddler son, so she threatened to go to the police about his activities. A witness testified that her body was stuffed into a trunk of a car, and Earl's fucking evil ass drove it around town all of that afternoon. So the really fucked up thing about this is that not only did they testify that he was driving around with her body in the trunk all afternoon... Somebody had testified that they literally sat, saw his, like, car, like, it was, like, low to the ground because, you know, there was a body in the trunk and it was, like, an older car. And when they asked, like, why is your, the trunk, your, the trunk of your car, like, the back of your car so low, he was like, oh, it's probably because of Rebecca. Just like, nonchalant. he nonchalantly said, like, it's probably because of his dead daughter's body in the back of his trunk. So, <laughs> just, this he was man, fucking evil, you guys. He, he, and, and at this time, he would think he'd be dancing in heaven with all his wives after they murdered a bunch of people. At this point, I think this man has a deal with the devil. Like He gets away with too much shit. Uh, you don't really believe in God and... Think that you're God's servant and kill your daughter for going against your, your whatever, you know what I mean? So when Rebecca's mother discovered that her daughter had been murdered, she disapproved. Then one of her daughters, Lillian, who was married to Mark, aka Rebecca's husband as well, both of the sisters were married to him. So... Lillian, her sister, who was married to Mark, her husband, (laughs) warned her that if she did not settle down and accept Rebecca's death, she would also be killed. Believing that her own son-in-law and daughter were preparing to murder her, she and her youngest daughter snuck out and fled to Mexico. Good choice. Good choice. Because she probably would have been killed at this point. They jumped the border, but to the other side. Yeah. So at this point, Erville was still dead set on killing his brother and convinced his 18 year old wife to kill the leader of one of the largest polygamous sects. So, yeah, again, another girl who's barely legal. He's convinced to kill somebody. So uh, the leader of one of the largest polygamous groups, actually, not to, you know, not to mention in order to get his brother to to appear at the funeral and assassinate him there. So he's still dead set on that. They aborted the mission when they realized that police were stationed all around the funeral area. So it was pretty much all for naught. And his henchmen, they fled to Texas to escape Erbil's wrath for their failed mission because they knew that if they found out... He, they weren't able to assassinate the brother at the funeral. He would have just killed them. So they were like, fuck this. Their only choice was either kill him and get caught or get killed by the cops. Because think about it. 
So he went all the fucking way out of his way to assassinate, have his wife assassinate one of the biggest lead polygamous leaders and they weren't even able to assassinate the brother at the funeral like he was going to be pissed they went through all of that trouble only for them not to be able to do it but it wasn't even their fault because there was like it was surrounded by cops so anyways they fled so this leads to Irvel's arrest and he was captured in Mexico and is extradited to Utah tried and convicted for the murder of Allred and the machine gun attack on his brother. While in prison, he continued to write testaments for his followers. One of them contained 50 people that he marked for death. 50 people, y'all. Like he, like he didn't kill enough people. Like all of these 50 people were people that he was going to kill if he never got caught on top of everybody that he killed they're like one more task you guys on top of on top of probably everybody else that he killed that people don't know about oh yeah there has to be some hidden ones yeah for sure so um they're taking people out in the desert, killing them in the desert, leaving them there. Who knows, you know, how many people he killed. Uh, anyways, so in 1981, Erbil was found dead in his cell at Utah State Prison. The official report lists that the cause of his death was a heart attack. Days later, his brother Verlan was killed in a mysterious car crash in Mexico. I wonder why just days after his death he was killed in a car crash then in 1984 Brenda Lafferty and her baby daughter Erica are found dead to what seems to be a ritual killing their throats were found to be so deeply slashed that their heads were almost severed A few years later, Daniel Ben Jordan, the guy had the guy that assassinated his first brother Joel, was ambushed while out hunting. Um, So yeah, it seems like his followers are so dead set on still like continuing his legacy. Like those fifty hit list people on his hit list. Like, I mean, they're still going through with it. That's how much power that's, And that's in Utah. Had. I wonder, you know how I mentioned in the last episode about the, that they've been finding, like, barrels, a body in it or whatever at the lake something in, in, in Nevada. Um, I wonder if any of their people that they killed, they threw in there. Yeah. And so, you guys, these were only some of the people that herbal actually killed during his tyranny like i i i don't know and it was never it was never listed actually how many people he did kill like because like i said there could be so many other people out there he had those he had so many people killed like there there was like think about it 50 people on that man's hit list he already felt like he had the right to kill people like he felt like it was okay for him to do that. I'm no expert, but I don't think he's in heaven. <laughs> yeah. He had the audacity to walk around and say, I have a free pass to kill. So in his head, he has a free pass to kill. I mean, 
there could have been so many numerous people that he actually went through and got that assassinated. That's crazy, you know. They, I mean, obviously, the, all the shit that they do, but it's like after after they're doing their cult thing or whatever the fuck they're doing, and over time, over time, you know, they just have this fucking. Obviously, they have like this power trip the whole time, but they just have this sense of like no one can fucking touch me. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they really think I mean, especially... that they're set and that's going to be their way of life for the, forever. Like, they're not, no one's going to stop them. No, that's not it. Especially after this man's already gone to jail once, was released after a year, arrested once, and then let go for lack of evidence. That's why he continued doing what he did because he's like, I'm just going to get away with it. Yeah, he's like, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm good. I'm going to keep doing this. But, yeah, that one was pretty good, too. I, I'm, you know, it's too bad we didn't say it on the last one, but. Yeah, you know, it, the didn't... last one was super long. What was it, like an hour and something? An hour and something. So we just didn't really have time to do it. But here we are remixing this Freaky Friday, Friday Chronicles. Creepy Chronicles. So this is another one just to add into the Chronicles. And you guys got a little treat today. So that's cool. Yeah, and then we are gonna have some scary stories. They're they're pretty short ones, but I mean, you know, a couple they're scary really stories to get you guys going, depending on where you are and what vibe you're feeling at the moment. Um, you know, I'm still really full from earlier when I was eating. Yeah, we had some good. I had food. some food. You know, I have a question too. I don't know why. Like here we we live, we have la ramada, la casita, el sombrero, that Mexican food, you know. And I've noticed, like, they never have salsa. Like, the salsas they have is, like, that paste salsa for chips only. They never have, like, a... A real salsa? You would want... You, like, you know, you would think they'd have, like, salsa chile. mocajete or fucking red salsa like they do at, at taquerias. Yeah. It's kind of annoying that they don't. It's like, that, weird. The, the food I got today, I got fajitas rancheras, which was fucking bacon-wrapped shrimp with some steak fajitas. Like, you know, like, gourmet. More like on, on the gourmet. Not gourmet, but a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mexican restaurant, whereas like taquerias, they will have salsa. And then they just for the record, and Chile. you know, just for the record, in my opinion, around here, Biolin Taco Stand is probably the best taco stand of tacos here around mm-hmm. our area. Walla Walla known because I don't want to name the other names because I don't want to bash on them. But there's some other ones I just don't like their food. But yeah. Biolin's like. I think Piolin has got to be my favorite. I think so. Like, they tell I love fresh. I haven't food. had any complaints. Yeah, yeah, I honestly haven't had any complaints with them. They, they, they've always delivered really good. It's really good. They have a great flavor to their food, too. And then we have La Familiar Salvadorian mm-hmm. food. Man, oh they're my so God. good. They're homemade so pupusas. And, uh, if you guys have never been, let us put you on, you guys. Check like, out La Familiar. Usually, thank us later. I think they only take Mondays off and winters but you guys we're always like check them out if you haven't if you've always wondered check them the fuck out yeah so then we're gonna jump into my sister's story she sent us a story last week and because of my tooth situation we didn't we weren't able to jump into it and and take care of it so i do want to share it um she has mentioned this to me in the past before but not with this much detail and it is in spanglish but I'm going to go ahead and try to translate over everything so it's in English. Because I know most mm. of our listeners are English speakers. Yeah. So um, we're glad that you're feeling better, by the way. Um, 
his tooth was really bothering him for a few days. Yeah, for some reason, this one was. He different. wasn't able to eat anything. He was eating Jello and I was eating yogurt. No, I was eating applesauce and fucking cottage pudding. cheese. And now that I I can eat, like I mean, even now because it was my wisdom tooth, so that even mm-hmm. the dentist was like. Sorry, I'm pulling you. Like, he was stretching the shit out of my cheek to get in there. Yeah. And then part of my nerve, I guess, So there was no it. way that we were... And a piece of his bone came out, yeah, by the way. Yeah, he something from the, like, A piece of his jawbone came if out. If I ever need dentures, I'm going to have an extra process to be done because yeah. I, I, I honestly was too much... Yeah, so basically, it. it was really painful for him. That day, he got his tooth pulled on Friday, I believe. Thursday. Thursday the day before and he just was not able to talk he was texting me so there is no way we would have been able to push out an episode that day either way so that's you guys I think we've been doing really fucking good like like I was saying in the past like there's a lot of well-established podcasts that don't even put two episodes out a week and since we've started we have been pushing out two episodes every week consistently, and that is fucking impressive. So put us on, you, you guys. And shout out to me for that. Yeah, put <laughs> us on, you guys. You guys, share and like our stuff because we come through. We are Yeah, we're going to do our best to continue to do this. I mean, even if, because even if, there's, there's a couple websites that my sister-in-law showed me in the past, um... Uh, some ghost stories and i don't want to really give them out because at least not yet because they're you know because i'm 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 gonna share some of their stories on here Mm -hmm. um but there's some there's some legit uh sites where i've tried publishing my own story on there one time and my grammar was not i guess my grammar wasn't good enough they didn't accept it that they they proof check your shit and if if they feel like it's fake or they feel like like your grammar isn't like you like your story is just not put well together they won't let you post it i wonder if those are stories we can share but either way as long as as we can like you know we'll give them the credit for who it is Mm -hmm. and the site and everything i'm sure we can because some of them are really interesting because it follows all different types of ghosts and different types of you know stuff yeah um i would love to share that but yeah so today we have my sister my sister gabby she uh shared her story with us today so let me go ahead and get started on this one so she says it takes a lot for me to uh, share this story because i'm a, I'm a big crybaby when it comes to paranormal and horror it makes my eyes water but here i am it was probably in 2010 or 2011 my firstborn yara was three we lived in an apartment duplex and oftentimes she will come downstairs and say what mom as if i called her name and up to this date, she still hears my voice calling her, even though I'm not saying anything. Well, on one occasion, I was cooking and she was just playing around by herself. It was just me and her in the apartment, me not paying too much attention while cooking. I would see her. I saw her just sitting on the corner. Uh, from the corner of my eye, I saw her just sitting, uh, playing on her little princess table. When I was done cooking, I served her a plate, turned towards the table to go feed her, and she wasn't there. I called her name. I called her name, and I'll, I can hear her coming down the stairs. And here I am thinking, like, what the heck? I just saw her here. The kitchen was, the kitchen was small. There was no way in less than a minute that she could get up and go upstairs. Her princess table was not far from me. So there's a stove where I am at, 
and to my left there's a counter then the, there's the dining table and then her little table and i know she was just there if she had gone upstairs i would have heard her steps so i asked weren't you just sitting here on your table and she said no i was i was upstairs she said i stood there quiet and said nothing I didn't want to scare her, but I know that she or someone was down here with me at her table. So I left it at that. One night, she did scare the crap out of me. I took her a bath, and after I was done, she said, Can I play just a little bit here in the tub? I said, Yeah, sure. So I just so just, I just I left her there with a little bit of water, just enough for her to play with. And I went to my bed, which is in front of the bathroom. I could still see her from there. And all of a sudden, I remember she was laying on her tummy, and she said, Mom. And I said, Yes. And I was getting up, walking towards the bathroom, and she said, There's someone here. I remember I got really mad and scared, of course, at the same time when she said that. I don't know why I got so mad, and I said, Don't say that, Yara. Stop. She said, Mom, it's a guy. As she was looking towards the stairway, I turned and looked, and no one was there, and I continued to say, Yara, there's no one there. Stop. And I... As I approached, I'm sorry, as I, as I am approaching towards her, she then said, Mom, he's right behind you. I looked behind me and saw nothing. I got, I got her up all wet and wrapped her in a towel, got her out of the bathroom, and took her to the bedroom. And I said, this is not funny, Yara, don't do this again. She said, there was someone, I saw it. And don't question me why I was mad, I have no idea. I was so angry after she told me this, all these emotions played out once mad scared horrified and then i calmed myself down and i told her look around me huh no one's here no one just you and me but inside me i was scared and freaked out let's go to sleep so she the, her and her and the baby went to sleep trying to comfort her so she doesn't get scared to this day i don't know what that thing was that she saw and i don't think she saw it again at least she never told me probably because how mad i was i'm not sure when we were moving out of the apartment, I remember seeing this drawing that I found in one of the kitchen cabinets. Little figures, you know, like mom, dad, and siblings, and a note in it said, For this Christmas, all I want is to have a happy family. My eyes started watering and I felt goosebumps all over my body. I did not want to throw this away for some reason. By the way, it was not my daughter's drawing. She did not know how to write or read. This is probably from the previous family that lived here or something, but I felt so sad by reading it and that worst... The worst was that it was around winter time, so close to Christmas. I have no idea if the little person or kid had anything to do with when I saw Yara sitting at her little table. Well, then my, later on, my cousin Jessica moved into the same exact apartment, and she said she, she kept getting this weird smell out of the bathroom. She asked me if I ever smelled anything bad in there, and I said, no, never. I wonder if she was smelling this thing called sulfur. People say... People say it is when a ghost manifests or a ghost or a demon manifests, you can supposedly smell the smell sulfur or rotten eggs, which I never did. She just said that it was pretty weird and a bad smell and she smelt it often. That shit's creepy. Like I mean, I have heard many times that whenever something like that's happening, you know, like you like you do get this nasty smell. I've actually heard people who have stories similar to that say that they have smelled sulfur. Yeah. When they see... I think your mom, too, when she was telling my us mom. the story, she said mm-hmm. that she smelt it, and then she saw some like some shit that... I don't want to say because I want to share her story, but I want to get more deets from her. Yeah. Because that shit was like... It's... She's actually smelled sulfur, and that's one of the people that I heard that from initially. And I've actually looked into it after that, and it's actually... 
It's very common. Yeah, it's very common. It's common for that to happen. So um, that was my sister's story she shared with us. Um, And I've been, you know, we've been to that apartment. I've never felt or heard anything there. But I remember her, like, I remember this exact story. She told me, like, the same week that it happened. And yet I was really small. Wow. Um, And then... Yara herself, like she, she's she's heard several things there at the house. She's heard several. She, she was actually, and I want to give a shout out to my little niece because she was actually the very first person to send us in a story. Um, but you know, she's younger, so she didn't put the full deets on it. It was a shorter story, but I do kind of want to share with what she said. It mm-hmm. had to do with my with my dad's house. Yeah, and I think I, I'm, you I'm, did share it. No, the I last didn't. Episode. I, I didn't share it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I, I share. I think I shared part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I, I won't read it. I just kind of explain it. But she said that her and um, my two younger sisters, they were arguing at my mom's house. And she said that she thinks that it was they were arguing about cleaning or something like that. And that she said that after that, they, they were it was just them there at the house that she heard that they, they stopped because they heard a noise. And then when they, they all stopped and kind of just stayed and listened, they heard like this weird fucking like creepy ass laugh. Like after they were done wow. arguing. And... Um, I told I talked to my dad too. I told him about that, like what things that happened there, and he's like, "Yeah, your mom's heard several things." He's like, I, "Nothing's happened to me there at the house." He's like, "But, you know," he's like, "Your mom's your mom's heard stuff. Your grandma's heard stuff and seen stuff." That's um, scary. And then she's also the one that she said that when she, when she went to um, she went in, she, she she was coming out of the room. She uh, she felt like she saw like a big shadow there, mm-hmm. and it was like the uh, the figure a figure like a. I guess it was a figure, person, of something like that. <laughs> I can't even explain it. Like a shadow figure, yeah. almost. And th- there was light behind it, so it made that figure. And then after a while, it just like disappeared really quick. But she's she's yeah. fairly young, you know, and she's she um she has seen some shit. Uh, and then my dad, he shared a story that I want to share with you guys. He's he's not very open to things like this he doesn't really like talking about things like this just because he told me that when he was younger like when in his 20s or whatever he would share some stories that things that would happen to him and he would kind of think like it was just in his head or people would just tell him ah whatever you know like disregard it just like everybody everybody's always disregarding shit yeah and like i was telling crystal like i was like you know i'm the kind of person that if I come to you and we're like having a serious talk conversation and i'm talking to you and i share something with you like this like a paranormal story or anything like that, you know. I'm being open with myself, and I'm I'm, I'm telling you this, and you disregard me. That mm-hmm. to me shows me like that we're just not gonna click like that. Like I'm just not gonna be open with you anymore. Well, it's kind of like you're saying like you're crazy, you know. Kind like, of. Like you don't. I don't believe you, and you're crazy. Yeah. Like who's gonna want to be told like after being vulnerable and opening yourself up to like that kind of that kind of like you know fear of ridicule who's gonna want to actually talk to somebody or open up to somebody again after they tell you like i don't believe you or in their own words like you know maybe it was a part of your imagination like that's that doesn't feel very good you know so my dad's story that he shared with me he said that when he was younger he said that um in the house that we have in mexico we had an outhouse over there and we also had an inside bathroom but he said that one time that it was really hot in the house, and so he needed to go to the bathroom. It was pretty late. It was like 10 or 11 at night. And then he said that um, he decided to go out into the outhouse instead because it was fresher outside. And he said it was a really nice night. Like, it was illuminated with the, with the stars and the moon. 
And so he went to the bathroom in that outhouse and he left the door open to the outhouse. Mm -hmm. He was like doing his thing, just staring out, having a good time. And he said that from like a distance, he saw like a small cat. It looked like a cat, like Uh kind of a figure of a cat. And then he said that he was just like, what the fuck? You know, who knows cat that is or whatever. And he said that it kind of started walking towards him. And he said as it was going towards him that it was started to grow, like it started growing but it wasn't because it was getting closer. It was just, just actually getting bigger and bigger and bigger until he said that he noticed it was in the shape of a, like a huge fucking bulldog looking thing. Like a huge fucking dog. And he said it was like an all shadow. You know, he didn't no glowing eyes or nothing like that. But he said it was all shadow. But he, he, he can somehow make out like drool. Like if like if it was dro- like if it was drooling. Yeah. And he said he, he got freaked the fuck out. He was like, what the fuck? So he closed the door slowly. Like he didn't want to slam it to make noise. So he closed it slowly. Had a little like hook lock on it, so he locked it. And then he said that it got close to the fucking outhouse, and it was just like walking by the outhouse. You can hear it like taking small, like slow steps, and he even heard it fucking like breathing, like heavy breathing. It was wow. a big fat uh, like dog. That's fucked up. <laughs> and um, he was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" You know, like what the hell? He can't call for my mom because he's like, "What the fuck is she gonna do?" Like if I call for her, like what is she gonna do? So mm-hmm. he's like, "I'm gonna have to play this out and just wait." And then um, he said that that he was he started making like noises with his throat, like kind of clearing his throat to see if he can like, scare it off or whatever. And then he said it, it was a couple minutes. A couple minutes had passed, and then he didn't hear it anymore. So he opened up the door slowly. He looked around. You know, he he had already like gotten cleaned up or whatever, and he was like looking around. And as soon as as soon as he fucking noticed that nothing nothing was there, he took off fucking. He just booked it. He took off running to the house. And my dad was a sporty dude back then. Like like he, they they would get together. They'd play baseball like in actual teams. You know, they'd mm-hmm. play baseball. They played soccer. He was a sporty guy. And this he said he's never ran so fast in his fucking life. Like he <laughs> took off running, and he couldn't explain what what he saw. And the next day he he was at my grandma's house at his mom's house and he told her he's like you know mom and i saw this yesterday he told her about it and then she chuckled and she's like oh you saw him too and he's like what do you mean and he's like she's like did you see the dog with any anybody or was it by itself he's like no just by itself and she said that one of our uncles our tio calles had mentioned to them before that he saw a man with a hat walking a huge fucking dog in the back of his field because the houses there like they all like there's like a huge like it's an old dried up river Mm-hmm. And that's where everybody played soccer and baseball. <clears throat> we we always found like fucking fossils of like shrimp and old clams and stuff down there. Wow. Um, but yeah, he's he's Mateo um, Calles. I guess would see a man sometimes walking with a big ass dog holding it with a big ass chain. You can hear the rattles of the chain. And he said that one time he shot in the air trying to scare him because he said, "What are you doing? Who are you?" And he shot, and the guy, he was just walking. Like, he, nothing fazed him. And there's other people that have seen him there, too, I guess. And, and they would even, sh- they shot towards them, to the herds of the dog and the guy, and nothing. He wasn't just, fazed. He was just in his own <clears throat> world. Yeah, and, and it was a shadow. Like it was, And it was a tall guy. It was a tall dude with a big-ass fucking dog in that chain. And I guess it, it appeared there in that little town a lot, but they don't, they don't know exactly who it is or what it is, but it was very, very normal. <clears throat> very normal for that guy to like stop there and fucking chill but that was like like I, I was very surprised that he told me that because he's never really told me scary stories like that like he's been he's always very like closed off like he doesn't like to talk about things like that like i said he's people in the back in the past have always like disregarded him 
Uh, another story that um, I wanted to share was when we he, he got really sick one year and we almost lost him. Remember when he got pneumonia? Yeah, that was awful. Like, we, we, we were there during... It was New Year's. And we, we, we all literally, like, a lot of us had just already accepted that he wasn't going to make it. Because the doctors told us he wasn't basically, like, you know, to say our goodbyes or whatever. And, you know, luckily we were, you know, he came out of it. Um, <clears throat> but I remember he was telling us that when he was there, because he was intubated, but he said that before he was before he got intubated, uh, he was not doing good at all. And that he said that he was, like, trying to fall asleep because he was really tired. And my aunt, one of my aunts was there, my mom's sisters, she was there keeping him company. And that he looked at my, at my aunt, and he was like, "When did they change me rooms? Why did they put me here?" And she's like, "What do you mean?" And then he's like, "He's like, wasn't I in a nicer room?" He's like, "Cause he said that he saw himself in this ugly ass, rusted ass fucking room, that there was like leaky pipes running from the ceiling, mm-hmm. that there was dogs running up up and down the fucking hallway of the hospital." I remember that. I remember like, him telling us. And he was like. You know, they had me in a nice room. Why are they here? My aunt said, no, you've been here the whole time. Like, what do you mean? And she's like, hold on, I'm going to get the doctor. Because he was like in and out of consciousness, basically. And so she went to get the doctor. And he said that when she left the room, that he was like kind of like still like, what the fuck? Like wondering what the hell is going on because it, it just looked really bad. And he said just the growling of dogs just running around. And like sometimes the dogs would go in the room and run around and run out. And then he said that he looked out through the the window was open to the hospital and it was like it wasn't like it wasn't dark dark but it was starting to get dark you know towards the end of the night yeah it was like around six or seven in the afternoon or five or something but yeah it was barely barely gonna start to get dark and he said that when he looked out towards the hospital like when you look out towards the, out of the window there's like a flat the top because he was like on the fourth floor and there was like a flat area outside of the window and it was just a bunch of gravel and he said at the at the edge of it. At the edge of that building, he saw a man standing there, just a, a man in, like all in black, just standing there. And he didn't know what the fuck, who that was or what that was. And that later, like, he, he can hear it, even though it wasn't talking to him, he can hear it say, oh, it's time to come with me, you need to come with me. And he's like, no, I'm not going to go with you, what the fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said that he like he moved his head over to, towards the other side because he didn't want to look. And he looked back and that man was in the room, in the corner of the room. And oh he was telling God. him, he's like, it's time to go. He's like, come on, you're going to go with me. And my dad said he started, like, he wanted to cry. And he started started fucking praying and saying, I'm not going with you, no. Like, because in his head, he was basically like, this is a fucking devil. Yeah. And he said that he started praying, saying he's the son of God. And he's doing that, you know. And But yeah, he, like, that was one of the worst experiences that he's had. Like, it was very, like, when he told us, it was fucking scary. That is scary. Like, That's traumatizing. Shit, um. But yeah, those are my dad's scary stories. He's told me several more scary stories. Some of them weren't too too long, you know. Another one that I do want to share because it's not too long. It's uh, he was telling me that when he was younger, um, this little girl passed away. She got hit by a car. I think they were like twelve or so. She got hit by a car and she died. And then that um, you know, whenever somebody dies, they always put like a little cross or something as a like like to commemorate them. Or... That, yeah, and then that spot saying you know someone passed here. And it was, like, by some orchards that that happened. And so he said that when they got older, like, when they were older teens, they would always go to the orchards at night and just hang out, climb trees, chill on the grass, just fucking kick it, you know? That's all. They had nothing else to do. Had no cell phones or nothing. And so he said they were just hanging out and everything, and that one of the... There was, like, five or six of them, and that one of the guys looked over to where the cross was at. And that... Because they all heard... At first, they all heard, like, 
like faint laughter, like laughing but faint, like little kids. And then one of the guys looked over where the cross was, and there was like a, a few little kids, like four or five little kids holding hands, running in a circle around the cross. Like, and it was late at night. Oh, God, and I'm that, getting anxiety. That they were uh, running around the cross, like laughing, and just like it sounded like they were talking, but he couldn't, they couldn't make out what they were saying, but they were like laughing and having a good time just running around the cross. And that uh, they fucked that. They left. They're like, uh uh-uh, uh, fuck this. Yeah, shit. I, I couldn't do that. That's scary. And, yeah, it's just like. It's so fucking insane. Like the, the the stories that he's told me that day, because th- this was actually yesterday when he was telling me all these stories. Because I got because he, he knows about the podcast that we have, and he was like kind of excited. He's like, "Oh, that's cool, you know." And it's too bad because he doesn't understand English well enough to listen to our podcast. Yeah, but I'm sure he would definitely like tune in if he if he did. Uh, yeah, um, I think he would like it. And but we, I have like you know uh, over time, uh, I'm gonna be sharing more stories that he gives. He tells me. I have family members that have told me stories, um, friends also that told me stories that are not that long, so we'll be able to compile them on days that we don't have, like, a big enough story to share. So that's like, to, like today we, we got my sister's story, told a few of my dad's stories, and I have more, but like I said, I don't want to share them all today. Yeah. I want to I wanna keep you guys a little bit in more suspense if you guys like those. I really hope you guys like them. I thought they were fucking creepy myself. They were creepy, and I'm just so happy that your dad shared that story with us and opened up. I'm thankful for that, and I'm just thankful that he, his story and Gabby's story can be a part of our Creepy Chronicles now. Yeah. And that, you know, we are creating a community of people who can trust us and in sharing their experiences. Yeah, so they don't so feel alone, So that to alone, me you know? is really special. I'm just a lot really of people, thankful. Honestly, a lot of people feel alone when something happens to them and they're disregarded. They feel like no one cares. They feel like, like, am I really fucking crazy? Like, did I really, like, why are people yeah. saying that, you know, when it's like... It can no, feel not, really isolating know? Yeah, having these kind of stories. Like, you've been there, I've been there, you know, where, where you're told, like, ah, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yep. you can't disregard what happened to me. And I still, <laughs> like, have a fear in my subconscious. It's It's like a trauma response. But when I tell my stories, I still have this, like, deeply rooted fear that I'm going to be judged or people are going to call me crazy or people are going to be like, have you heard what crystal's saying that she saw or heard she must be crazy you know stuff like that like it's still kind of like this little thought or this little voice in the back of my head telling me what are people gonna think but i am starting to really shed that i'm starting to let go of those kind of fears i'm really growing into like loving myself and accepting myself and really like letting that go the fear of what others think about me and i think that everybody should follow in those footsteps i think that it's healthy it's good for you yeah for sure to just not live in fear of what other people think you know that's one big thing that i always tell ricky too because i know that's something he struggles with is like really just not caring what others think i i really well, like i told you like in the first couple episodes like i really like i i was really iffy to share what we're doing here on the podcast mm-hmm. with our local friends because i was just like i don't want people to know they're gonna judge me they're gonna like i'd rather have people that i don't know listen to me but yeah. after all the support and fucking feedback that we got like it just it helped me out a lot too with you know getting in a better mindset for that yeah um but I, do you remember back like 
years ago when Mateo was barely, I think we, we had barely had Mateo, I started that website, the, not the website, but that page on Facebook, Paranormal Experience. Oh, I remember we, that. We started, well, I started this page. We called, have always been into the paranormal. We called it Paranormal Experience and we were people were like, you know, we, we were inviting our friends. And uh, if, if you guys are listening, um, some of my friends, uh, I think they're still listening to the podcast. They actually shared some of their stories on there and I would love for them to... to hit me up and tell them here because I would like to share it with everybody. But basically, it, the website was for people to come by and do what we're doing now, but without the podcast, you know. Um, and, you know, we had a couple of, of admins that were really into it, helping us, posting things and sharing things. Wow, we had a pretty good following. There was a lot of people that were following yeah. us, but then we had a bunch of, you know, people that were coming in and they just, like, I remember there was this one comment that, and there was this one comment that really brought me down because they were like, so do we have some paranormal investigators here in town now? And like, kind of like joking about it. Just like making fun but of it's us. Like, <laughs> and, and, and that's what we're talking about, how it's like, you know, people disregard shit. And it's like, you know, if you don't believe or if you it's don't. It's not even that. It's like, how are you, how are you that bored with your life that you have to feel like you need to make someone feel down about themselves or make, put someone down? Like literally, do you not have bills to pay? Do you not have anything better to do with your time? <laughs> but um, I, like honestly, we stopped posting, and I think like because me and Crystal, we ended up deleting our our um Facebooks. Like we we would go on and off just because I personally I, I spent a lot of I, I still do I spend a lot of time on the phone, and sometimes I take a break so I can read my books, read my manga, read my comics, and so um, I'm the kind of person like I have like a very addictive personality. So if I if I'm like chilling on the couch on tiktok it'll be so a shitload of time passed by and i'm like holy crap i've been sitting here for a while and so now i've minimized my medias but back then we fucking deleted our facebook and so we lost you know our admin i guess as uh, the, our, our position as admins for the page mm-hmm. and the very last time that we had a facebook it was a couple years after that we noticed that some random ass guy from like somewhere in europe was like the main admin <laughs> and they were still posting things and then we knew it was ours because my sister-in-law at the time still had a facebook and her old posts were still on there how crazy i yeah. wonder if it's still a thing like i, I don't I know. might I go looking it, it for was, that it was weird but if you guys if you guys i don't have a facebook but if you guys have a facebook look for paranormal experience uh somewhere in this area and see if if that's still a thing and if you guys remember They've um, probably even changed the area maybe. to somewhere. But if you guys they... listening that the joined that group back in the day, that was like 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, share your stories on here with us. Hit me up. Share your stories. You know, we're still waiting for them. I, I know. I, I know a lot of you guys have them. So bring them on over here. You know, every single time we're, that we're on here, we're gonna keep reminding you to talk to your mama, talk to your uncle, your grandpa, your neighbor, your <laughs> dog. Whoever to, wants to tell you the stories. To Sancha. Your fucking... Your sneaky your link. Your sneaky link. Your co-worker. To abuela, to abuelo. <laughs> everybody that you know, you guys. If you have stories, if you have experiences, we want to share them. Oh, and we then want also, to know them. you wanted to mention that... Um, so we are at about 270-something downloads already, which Almost is 300, which is like great and then we also have almost we're reaching 100 followers on instagram which is it's bigger than twitter's we're like at 40 i think but on instagram we're like a almost at 100 but we said that did you say it was 200 you wanted to do i don't know i think that once we reach 
three to five hundred I don't know we will decide um, followers we want to do a giveaway we want to give away a Ouija board they're gonna buy a Ouija board and I'm gonna so. keep it in the car because I'm not gonna keep that shit in the house and, <laughs> and then we're gonna then we're gonna give it away uh, yeah. no matter where you are you know free shipping free anything shipping, you have to worry about nothing yeah. if you win it you win it like well, well we you guys have got to stay um tuned for that because we're gonna eventually make a post and you will be able to enter a draw your name into a drawing to win the ouija board we're gonna make sure um, that uh, it's gonna be a listener that's a constant listener like we don't want to give it away to someone no it, it's not gonna but, be like that we're we're going to basically no, it's gonna be like any other but what um, i mean is like but by that i mean like we're gonna make sure that you shared followed and yeah you don't you know have I mean? to constantly be listening like what we're going to do is we're going to um as long as anybody who's a new follower is entered is going to be entered in anybody who's liked yeah. and shared is going to be entered in yep. anybody's who's tagging people and sharing and liking is going to be entered in so there will be rules as to how you could win and stuff like that so basically if you like join but you don't you don't yeah. share or like or and once like that, we reach a be. certain amount of followers we will do the giveaway yeah and who knows maybe if that goes well we'll do a couple more giveaways and we're planning on doing stickers too maybe of like you know some cool stuff on it and give those away just for for fun and mm -hmm. a little promotion for us but um mm -hmm. so that's our freaky friday chronicle episode this week we are glad that we were able to come back and give you guys one again um but we're excited for our next weird wednesday we got something going on so we're gonna be sharing it with you guys next week yeah we're we're excited for that we still gotta see what we want to do we have a lot of different ideas and yeah you guys well, i think i have a so, good idea for it but we'll talk about it now, obviously we so, don't like to, talk, to say anything about it until the day it comes out yeah like we said we want to hear your stories. So email <laughs> us. Moan. Email us at thecreepslounge at gmail.com. We love shit. interacting with you guys. Comment, follow, DM us on Instagram at thecreepslounge.com. Lounge <laughs> <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not. <laughs> so follow us at the Creeps Lounge and on Twitter as well at the Creeps Lounge. Yeah, guys. so send them there, you guys. And thanks again for kicking it with us. Thanks yeah. for tolerating us. <laughs> and we hope you guys uh, come back for the next one. And that's a wrap. Peace, peace, y'all. Love you guys.